right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for the second part of my second marriage. Um, so I had left off uh, with the first part saying I had not seen my daughter for six months. Um, that was an extremely, extremely uh, excruciating time um, for my daughter, for our family. Um, she lived down with her dad in um, in Florida, where he was stationed. He was in the Air Force. And um, I was very pregnant at this time, uh, due to have my baby in early April. And um, it was really hard for my daughter because, you know, even though she was excited to be with her daddy because she hadn't seen him for a long time, um... Before she had left, uh, she was actually preparing herself to be a big sister to her little brother. I had even put her, um, like through the local hospital, they had these um, these classes for big siblings, you know, to learn how to help mommy and daddy with baby. Um, so, you know, at that time when she was taking the classes, she was very excited. They taught her, you know, how to help change a diaper, how to feed the baby, et cetera, et cetera. So when my daughter went down to Florida with her dad, um, in her little mind, it was um, under the understanding that she was going to go to Disney and that there was gifts waiting for her at daddy's house because these are things that he told her to you know coerce her even more um to want to come and be with him and of course that wasn't the case so you know before I had my third child I couldn't fly out I couldn't get my daughter for um the spring vacation because I was very pregnant couldn't fly anywhere and I wasn't about to have her you know fly with um somebody through the airline because she was four years old so um I didn't see my daughter for quite some time and when I finally did give birth to my son I remember um sending uh, Jay a picture of the baby and I said, could you please show this to our daughter? Because I know she would like to see her little brother. And um, then I called to make sure that he received the picture. And he's like, yeah, I showed it to her. It sounded like they were, you know, driving in the car. And um, so he's like, yeah, I showed it to her. That's enough. Don't send any more. And I'm like, okay. Well, could I speak with her? And um, I spoke to her, and she was very happy to see her little brother and how cute he was. And and then as I was getting off the phone with her, because her dad said that was enough talking, um, I heard my daughter crying, Daddy, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I want to be with my little brother, and I want to be with my big brother. And he hung up. So we went through this for a little bit until I was able to um, 
gather enough money to plan to get my daughter for the summer. And uh, I had, before the summertime came, uh, you know, I would call my daughter um, as much as I could or as much as Jay would allow me to. And there was one time I called her and she wasn't there. She was not with him. So I asked him, well, where is she? And he said, well, she's, she's at a sleepover with one of her friends from daycare. Okay. Could you please have her call me when she gets home? Yeah, he says. I don't hear from her all day. I call again. And this motherfucker gets on the phone and says, actually, I lied. She's not at a friend's house. I sent her to Oregon to live with my parents. Of course he did. I had no idea that my daughter was flying to Oregon with Jay's sister. And my daughter stayed in Oregon for a month. Jay never wanted our daughter. He never wanted her. This was all about getting back to me. Motherfuckers like him that use the children, a child, as leverage against, you know, the ex-partner are the sickest motherfuckers in the world. One of the sickest motherfuckers in the world. That's my opinion, but it's goddamn facts nearly because to do that, to take our daughter off of a lie and with the money that he had and then just send her off with his family because he didn't have fucking time for her, nor did he have the want for her. You know, and moving forward, you know, um, you know, when my daughter was older, she told me that she would cry for me and he would get so tired of it, you know, when she was in Florida, he would send her to her room. You could don't come out until you stop crying. So, you know, it was really hard to hear how badly my daughter was struggling. So, anyways, I um, make a plan, you know, to get my daughter for the summertime. And I have to, um, you know, go through Jay and he's going to go through his parents so I could figure out how it's going to get to my daughter. So I, I, we figured out, I guess, a date or whatever that I could pick her up, um, and I went ahead and bought the ticket, and I was supposed to go from Philly to uh, Portland, Oregon, fly in there. And my hopes was to fly in there, meet the parents at the airport, and then fly back to Philly. Well, the ticket was already bought, and um, Jay tells me, yeah, you can fly to Oregon. You can fly into Portland, but they're not going to be available that day. So you're just going to have to wait. So I was like, you know, at this point, because, you know, I had just had my son and my money was very short. 
Um, so I said, fine, I'll do whatever if I have to sleep in the airport. That's what the fuck I'll do until your parents are ready to meet me at the airport so I could get my daughter. So I fly into Portland, Oregon. And my wonderful, wonderful, beautiful, longtime friend, Sandra. I hope she doesn't mind. I use her name, but uh, it's too late. I use it. She, um, she knew, you know, my predicament and she was not going to have me stay overnight in the airport sleeping on a fucking bench because I didn't have money for, um, I didn't have money for a hotel. So she actually happened to live in Yakima, Washington at that point. So she got a ticket for me and I flew from Portland to Yakima in a small little airplane. And uh, I spent the night at her house. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful to see my friend. It was wonderful to have such a great friend like that. That would look out, look out for me. Um, so then I go back to the uh, airport, like the next day. And mind you, I haven't seen my daughter in over six months. And when I saw her and her beautiful little self, you know, she was dressed so cute. And I immediately fell apart. And, like, she knew who I was, but there was, like, this, kind of, like, this distance with her. And despite, despite all this shit that was happening, I, I hugged Jay's parents. I said, thank you for taking care of my daughter. And I took her little suitcase. And I walked in the airport with her. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to cry. And we just, we just hugged each other and I couldn't stop looking, looking at my baby girl. That shit's a, a real, real mind fuck. So I had her for the summertime and it was wonderful. And I brought her back to Delaware. And um, we enjoyed the summer as much as we could. And then it was time for me. I had to bring her back. So, um, you know, I met her dad in the airport in Philly. He picked her up and brought her back to Florida. So, at some point in August... Jay randomly calls me, like right before his birthday, and he says, hey, I'm thinking about giving Sonia back to you. And of course, I start bawling my eyes out, and he goes, don't get too excited. And at the time, he was in another relationship. He's like, don't get too excited. I have to talk this over with my lady. I said, okay, whatever you want me to do, Jay, I will do it. He's like, let me think about it. So, um, you know, my daughter was a inconvenience to him. (laughs) That was fine by me. I wanted my daughter. 
so I ended up getting her. Um, and at, at this time, I had to get a lawyer. I went through a couple lawyers. And again, my ass was broke. And I had to get a lawyer um, to deal with this situation. And um, Jay had told me at some point, before I send our daughter to you, I'm going to create this agreement. And you're going to have to agree to it, and you're going to have to sign it. So the lawyer that I happened to get at that time, of course, I couldn't afford her. So my, again, my wonderful, beautiful angel of a friend, Sandra, she gave me money. So I could get this lawyer. And when I sat down to talk with this lawyer, she said to me, you didn't see your daughter for six months? And she shook her head and she says, Natasha, sign whatever the fuck he wants you to sign. Sign it and get your fucking daughter back. So, um... <clears throat> I agree to whatever terms, you know, some like crazy shit. I can't ever take a take him back to court for custody. I can't try to get child support from him. Like he'll send me some money. But when he has her for his summertime, then I have to pay him child support during the time that our daughter's with him. Um, also on it, it says something about, what was it? Like he can come at any time basically and... You know, if he says he wants to pick up our daughter, he gets to pick her up. Like, basically, it, it was everything to give him power over the situation. Power over me. And that was fine. So, my, um, my third baby dad at the time, he gave me money. It was about $400. And I flew down to uh, Pompano Beach, where my sister was living at the time. And um, we met Jay and one of his dumbass friends at some secluded off-road area. And I came with my signed and notarized copy of our agreement. And I got out of the car and he came out and he's like, where's the agreement? And I handed it to him and I said, where's your part of the agreement? He goes, I don't know. I didn't bring it. So, you know, with him, he was always about power, being being over me. But that, at that point, I wasn't going to argue with him. I just wanted to get my daughter. So I said, that's fine. So my sister, you know, um, she got my daughter's little suitcase, put that shit in the back of her, her car. She was buckling up, you know, the, the car seat, getting it in there real good. I got my daughter. The exchange was pretty quick. And my sister's like, let's get in the fucking car and let's go. And that was it. We hit the road with my daughter and he was in our rear view. So now I have my daughter living with me. I know I got to get a bigger place. So I get a bigger place and, you know, I make sure that you know, my daughter's got her own room. You know, uh, the boys have a room upstairs. Like, you know, life is starting to settle back. She ends up graduating, you know, kindergarten. And she goes, you know, I get her settled into school and everything's wonderful. But my God, this 
motherfucker, he would call and just be like, who's at your house? Is, is Mike, my baby dad, he'd say, is, is Mike there? I don't want her around him. You know, he's, he's a criminal. I don't want her around him. And if I would have bucked back, in, if I had a tone in my voice that Jay did not like, he, um, he would threaten me. Don't make me do it again, Natasha. I will do it again. I will take her away from you. And there's nothing you can do about it. So, of course, I'm like a fucking hurt little bird. And I'm like, okay, 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 whatever. I'll do whatever you say. Because I just want to keep my daughter with me. So life carries on, and then now comes the summertime. So here's the summer, and um, it was Jay's time to get her daughter. And of course, I have to pay child support, whatnot, so whatever. And um, my daughter is with Jay back down in Florida for the summer. My son, my oldest son, he's actually in Virginia with his dad and their family over there for his summertime. And then I have my youngest, you know, he's with me. And baby dad was around. And uh, one day I just get this call. It was June, 2013. I get this call from my ex-sister-in-law um, from my first marriage, which she's also an angel, a wonderful, wonderful human being, wonderful lady. And um, she called me in tears and she said, Natasha, um, something happened with Louie. Something happened with Louie and um, he told me something. And she basically said that um, my son, you know, He acted out in a certain way that was alarming to her. And she asked, you know, why would you do that? And she said that my son said he doesn't know why he did what he did. But that Daddy Jay, because he still had a habit of calling him by his, you know, Daddy with his name, used to do that to me all the time when I was little. And um, so I'm thinking, my God, he molested my son. So, um, you know, after my ex-sister-in-law and I are fucking bawling on the phone, um, you know, I ask how my son is doing. She's like, he's fine, he's fine. So I immediately start calling you know, um, I don't know to call, I call the rape hotline. I call the child abuse. I call, I call the police. I call whoever the child protective services. I went on a calling rampage, just frantically calling whoever I could. So, um, and I'm going to try to wrap this up as best as I can. So they end up child protective services, um, goes down with the uh, Florida Child Protective Services. They go down to visit Jay's home and, uh, you know, check out the situation, make sure my daughter's okay. And uh, 
And of course the police and everyone else is doing whatever they have to do. They had ordered for um, my son, my oldest son to go to um, a child psychologist while he was in um, Virginia to get evaluated to see if like, you know, there's a psychological problem with him. Is, is he a sexual deviant or did something actually happen to him? <clears throat> so Ch- then Child Protective Services calls me and she goes, I went over to the house. I didn't see anything concerning But I will tell you that he's going to call you. And when he calls you, Natasha, deny, deny, deny. Act like you know nothing. And sure enough, Jay called me. Hey, did you call Child Protective Services on me? And of course I played dumb. What? What are you talking about? Why would someone call Child Protective Services on you? You know, I'm playing, I'm playing the game. What did they say, Jay? Well, someone supposedly reported me because, well, they said that I was giving our daughter too much love and buying her presents, I guess, to buy her love. And when he said that, which obviously is a fucking crock of shit, in my head, I'm like, my fucking God, something really did happen. Something really fucking did happen. So, you know, I just acted like, you know, I was clueless. And I said, that doesn't make any sense, Jay. And I was like, well, how's Sonia doing? Is she okay? And he goes, yeah, you can talk to her real quick. So I talked to my daughter. Hey, baby, how you doing? How's your summer going? And then I hear her down in the background. Say goodbye to your mom. So he gets on the phone with me. And he says, um, make sure you say goodbye because you're not going to see her again. And then I hear my daughter scream and he hangs up the phone. So now I'm panicking. You know, he's originally from Mexico. I don't know if him and his family are going to take my daughter across the border and I'll never see her again. I don't know if he's going to hurt my daughter. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I am panicking. Um, so going back to my, my son who's in Virginia, of course, his dad lays me out. You let this motherfucker, you know, in, um, our son's life and you let this shit happen to our son. You're not going to see our son. I understand why my ex-husband, my first ex-husband was so mad. Believe me, if I knew this motherfucker, Jay was capable of this, I would have never ever let my son be around him and I had left when I did from Jay because I saw that things were getting bad but I didn't have a full understanding I didn't have the full picture I didn't know what was going on so my son um you know he stayed in Virginia for a little bit and um he went to this hospital and he was evaluated and um, a letter was sent to me and they said, you know, uh, we checked your son out and something definitely did happen to him. We don't think it's an issue with your son, like like he's a sexual deviant or whatever, um, but something definitely did happen to your son. So, you know, we have the cops involved and everything. And um, 
they ordered, Delaware ordered for um, my son to come back to Delaware so he could um, be interviewed by Children's Advocacy. So my first ex-husband brings our son up. We go to Children's Advocacy. Um, They take our son back. A little old white lady takes her son back into a room um, with toys. It's just a room, her and my son. And they do the interview. So me and my first ex-husband are sitting on the waiting room, like nervous, not sure what the hell's going on, but we're just trying to, you know, stay calm. And then maybe an hour or so, she comes back up to the, um, the lady who was actually the child psychologist. She comes up to us and she goes, um, could you guys please follow me? So me and my first ex-husband, we follow her down the hallway. We see the little room where she had interviewed our son. And then she opens a door to another room. And it's a dark, darkish room. It's a conference room. A long table with lots of people that I don't know. We have social workers, child psychologists, police officers, detectives, etc., etc. Now, at this point, I'm having a mini fucking heart attack. And they sat me and my um, ex-husband down and they said, we will be making an arrest today. Something definitely did happen to your son. So immediately I start crying and I said, what about my daughter? What about my daughter? And she's down there with her dad. And he had said that I'm not going to see her again. Please, you know, please help her. And I'm, I'm panicking. I'm panicking for my baby boy. I'm panicking for my, you know, my daughter. And um, they said, do you have anyone that could, you know, get your daughter down there? Because I already told him I can't fly out right now to get her because I didn't have any fucking money. So actually, I said, yeah, I do. My sister lives in Pompano Beach. So they said, good, okay, Um, let's get her information. And then Child Protective Services in Florida worked along with my sister. And my sister drove up to from Pompano to Cocoa Beach, where she met the um, the CPS lady who had my daughter. um, And my sister said that as soon as she saw my daughter, she's my sister started crying. Because it was like the, it was like the gravity of the situation was so fucking heavy. And um, so my daughter stayed with my sister for a little bit until I was able to get some money to get down there and get, and get my daughter. And um, while my daughter is down there with my sister, I get called into, um, I think it was Troop 3, uh, to meet one of the uh, officers or detectives um, at the station. I thought they were just going to ask me some more questions or tell me, you know, because by this time, Jay was already arrested. He was fucking in jail. He was uh they held him down in Broward County, I believe it was, or I don't know. They held him down in Florida and until um, they could get him transferred up to Delaware because Delaware is where it happened, so I guess it had jurisdiction. 
so um, I'm sitting there with the um, the detective at the station and he's having me um, just in a little old outdated room table him and I and he has me draw this little you know thing he's asked me all these questions when did you move in with Jay you know how was the situation like the, trying to get the whole picture the whole history and I had to draw a diagram of the house and how things were laid out and you know what our lives were like and everything else so after all that I have no idea that actually what this detective was doing was trying to figure out if I needed to be arrested as well. I had no idea. Um, so at one point he says to me, so are you telling me that you didn't know that this was going on? And I'm like, no, I, I didn't know that my son was being molested. And he looked at me and he goes, ma'am, Your son was raped. Your son was raped. Um, according to what it sounds like on a couple different occasions. So you're telling me you didn't know. And by that time, I am fucking bawling my eyes out. Hyperventilating. And he says, Are, are you going to be okay? Do you need anything from me? And... You know, I'm like gagging at this point, yelling between gritted teeth, that motherfucker. And the detective says, give me a second. And he walks out. And um, I'm just going through, you know, all kinds of thoughts in my head and fucking freaking out. And I'm angry. I'm angry at the situation. I'm angry at myself. And I wanted to fucking kill him. So, and I didn't know when the cop had left me that apparently they are seeing if, I guess, my reaction changed. They're trying to see, if, you know, if I was telling the truth. Of course I was. Because if I knew that that was happening, I would have fucking killed them right then and there. So, when the cop came back, he says... We're throwing the book at Jay. Don't you worry. He's not going to get out. He's got so many counts of this, counts of that. He's not getting out for a long time. So, you know, I was scared, but I, I felt, you know, kind of reassured that the state of Delaware was going to fight for justice for my son. And of course, you know, we go to see the, I think the attorney general is what they call them. I don't know all these, all these uh, words or whatever, you know, it's just, so anyways, I go to see the attorney general with my son. Um, later on, she sits down because we're supposed to talk about the case. We're supposed to have, you know, um, court happening soon. And she sits down with me. My son's in a different room. And she says, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Natasha. I believe that this happened to your son. But the timeline that your son gave us is a little off. And they would just eat that up in court. So we can't do nothing. We just drop, you know, they just drop the ball. We can't do nothing. And of course, I'm, I'm upset again. And I'm telling this lady, this is so fucked up. Because you're telling me 
with tears in your eyes that you believe that this happened to my son, but there is nothing that you can do. In your position, there's nothing that you can do. He was four years old at the time. His, his timeline is going to be a little skewed. But by God, he could tell you the exacts of what happened to him. I mean, so much that children's advocacy and the people in Virginia, the uh, psychologists in Virginia, were able to determine that something did happen to him. But because his timeline is off, and she's like, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I said, you tell my son that. So I pulled my son into the room. And this fucking lady is sitting there with tears flowing out of her eyes. And she says, I'm so sorry, Louis, but he's not going to get in trouble for what he did. And my son hung his head down and he shook his head and he said, this is not right. So I'm, I'm going home and I'm feeling like all hope is lost. And then I get a call from... Um, the Air Force and a captain who was a lawyer. I don't know if they call him like Jags or whatever. <sighs> captain Rocco. He was another angel that came to us and he called me and he said, Natasha, when I heard this story, I immediately, immediately believed your son's story, but I couldn't I couldn't get it because Delaware, I guess they had jurisdiction. So, but as soon as I found out that they dropped the ball, he said, we're picking it up. We believe your son. We're going to help get justice for your son. So, um, this was dragged on for a few years, postponing here, postponing there. You know, and in the meantime, while we're waiting for this court martial hearing to happen in uh, at Patrick's um, base, Patrick's Air Force Base in Florida, uh, Jay, he goes to the Delaware court to get visitation rights for our daughter. And I'm sitting in court at this hearing and I'm telling the judge we have a pending court martial hearing because he raped my son. And you mean to tell me that you're gonna let him take my daughter? And she straight up told me, well, that is, you know, pending. He wasn't actually um, said that, you know, he was, he's get, basically he's innocent until proven guilty. And that yes, he can take your, he can take your daughter and have visitation with her. And I, Man, I did a lot of crying, man. <laughs> Again, fucking Delaware courts just fucking let me down. And he got visitation with her. And I'm having, now knowing what I know, what he did to my baby boy, I'm having to meet this motherfucker to drop my daughter off so he can have her for a weekend or this or that. And... um that was really hard. That was really hard. We had to meet at the police station every time because I wanted to fucking kill him. What parent wouldn't want to? I mean, come on. So here we go. Fast forward, court martial hearings happening. My son 
you know, well, let me back it up a bit. Let me just tell you what my son went through as a child. You know, I left Jay when my child was eight. This shit happened when my child was four, four, five. Plus, not to mention all the emotional and physical abuse he endured on the low. And, um, and my son, he was having problems sleeping, eating. It, it was terrible for him. And to find out that the reason why he didn't tell me because Jay had told him that he would kill him and he would kill his mommy if he was to ever tell anyone. They even told me at one point that my son did try to tell me. And I remember, you know, back when we were um, living with Jay, I remember my baby boy coming up to me and saying, Mommy... Daddy Jay wrestles me and it hurts. And I said to him, honey, that's what boys do. I thought he was talking about, you know, like rough house, like rough housing. And I said, honey, that's what boys do. He's not meaning to hurt you. Just rough housing. I had no idea my son was trying to tell me that he was being raped, but he didn't know how to explain what it was. And I'm telling him that's what boys do. Fucking imagine. So my son is going through it, state of Delaware, at least they did one thing and they relocated us to an undisclosed area. So Jay wouldn't know where we lived, being that now he was out of, out of jail. So, you know, my child, he had to go through uh, therapy. Uh, I even had my daughter get evaluated to make sure nothing happened to her while she was with her dad. And, um... So here we go. Court martial hearing happens. Finally, finally, it comes around. This motherfucker, Jay, sitting in the court, pleads the fifth. Motherfucker pleads the fifth. He sits there scribbling on some fucking notebook. My son at the time, why well, he's like 10 years old by this time, his brave, this brave, brave little boy of mine gets up on that stand and has to talk about in detail what happened to him. He has to point to who did this to him. He has to make eye contact with this motherfucker. Then Jay's two lawyers, they're treating us like we're criminals. Me and my oldest son's dad like as if we concocted this story up, you know, cause we're really together. We weren't together. We, him and I were, we were, we were just family friends at that point, trying to co-parent and learning to just get along and be peaceful. So they, the, Jay's lawyers try to twist this shit all around. Um, and uh, this motherfucker was found not guilty. And, uh, you know, at the, at the time they reached their verdict, um, my, my son was back at the hotel with the rest of the, uh, the family while me and my first husband and his sister were sitting there, um, 
you know, and before the judge had read the, um, the verdict, he says, you know, nobody act out. This is what it is. You're going to have to respect it. Yada, yada, yada. So not guilty. And as he's reading and I'm like shaking, I'm looking over at, um, all the, uh, what the fuck you call those people? Um, that, you know, come up with a verdict and, I'm like, how could you guys do this? How could you? And I'm just like hollering at them. And my ex-sister-in-law is like, you know, patting me on my leg. Just calm down, boo, calm down. And we happen to look and my first husband had gotten up from the seat. And my sister-in-law, she already knew what he was going to do. And he fucking charged towards Jay. And... We turned that fucking courtroom upside fucking down. He wasn't able to get a hold of Jay because by that time, Jay had jumped over some chairs. You know, he's trying to get into like some other room attached to the court, the courtroom, some other locked away door. And he happened to run right up to me and um, my sister-in-law. So we start going on him just fucking tearing at his face, punching him. I have people jumping on my back trying to get me down. They can't get me down. I'm seeing my first ex-husband dragging the MP, military police, dragging those motherfuckers, trying to get to Jay. And then we hear click, click. And I look over and my first ex-husband's face down on the floor of the courtroom. And they got their guns pointed at him. So we immediately stop. And, you know, Jay's mom, when I was attacking her son, um, she had pulled my hair and there was two people trying to get me down. But when you're in such a rage like that, ain't nobody fucking getting you down. We had tables turned upside down. I think one of the lawyers got punched. I mean, it was mayhem. It was fucking mayhem. And... uh Jay was able to get away. His little friends pushed him off. That whole that whole situation was so fucked up because there were so many things. I'm naive to the whole situation and I'm just trying to, you know, be compliant with whatever they needed. And they had, like I had emails between Jay and I that said, you know, where he talked about my son saying nigger this and nigger that. And they had actually blacked that out before the hearing and said, we can't use that. And I just went along with it. They should have fucking used that because the people need to know who this motherfucker actually is. So they pull me and my sister-in-law into another room with the child psychologist and the lawyers that, you know, were there for my son. They're trying to calm us down. They take my first baby dad and they put him in a cell. All right. I can hear from this room that me and my sister-in-law are in and they're trying to calm us down. I can hear Jay and his family laughing and carrying on and I charge for the door and they have to pull me back. Um, and you know what's so fucked up? That this motherfucker, when he won his little case, he bought everyone a pizza. They had a fucking pizza party. 
And my my first ex-husband, my son's father, was sitting in a cell at the courthouse and these little fucking motherfucking military police were talking about the situation. Man, you see how we got him down? And they're eating pizza and celebrating while my baby dad is sitting in a cell. They're fucking celebrating. This guy got away with raping our son. Where's the fucking justice? So fucked up. So we were treated like criminals and like the next day we had to get the hell out of there. But anyways, going back to that night. So when me and my sister-in-law went back to the hotel room where my son was and the rest of the family. And I'm with Captain Rocco, who has been wonderful in helping and believing our son. He walked up with us and my son runs out and he goes, Mom, did I find him guilty? And I had to look at him and say, nobody. He was found not guilty. And uh, my son, he just shook his head. And then he says, Mom, what happened to you? And he sees I'm all scratched up and bruised up. And I said, we attacked him. We tried to beat the fuck out of him. And my baby boy, he says, thanks, Mom. So anyways, they treated us like we were criminals. We had to get the fuck off the base as soon as possible. I'm telling you, like, where is the justice? That's why some people be holding justice and they be holding court in the streets. You try to abide by the law. You try to trust that somebody... Somebody is going to look out for your child, is going to look out for the justice, is going to look out for the truth, and this shit happens. And after all this, I got to turn around, go back to Delaware, and now I get something in the mail that says Jay is going for sole custody of our daughter knowing what he did to my son and the lies he told to get my daughter away from me and everything he's put us through. That shit, shit is hard. So when I tell you, if your child is having issues with wetting the bed, is trying to talk to you, if somebody is showing you something bad about themselves, you're not going to make it better. You are not going to make it better. The only way you can make that situation better is getting the fuck out of it. I wish I didn't stay with him as long as I did. So now, here I am, having to fight for custody of my daughter. (sighs) 
moving forward, just to let you know, in 2023, my son is a healthy, beautiful, 20-year-old young man. And you know, the one thing his child psychologist had told me years ago, she said, the reason why your son is doing so good mentally is because you believed him and you fought for justice. I'm telling you, not just did I physically fight with all the lawyers. I fucking wrote to the White House. I wrote to law- to, to fucking governors, to mayors. I started petitions. I did everything that I could. And this motherfucker got away. He got away with it. And my son right now, he is doing wonderful. He is beautiful. He's strong. And my daughter, she is beautiful and wonderful. And she's safe and she hasn't seen her dad since. And, um, you know, as far as going back to court for custody, I had to get another lawyer, which I paid that bitch $1,000 a month. But it was worth having her because with her, we were able to get shared custody, but I got primary placement. But the good thing is when we beat that motherfucker's ass in court, he knew that if Natasha and the family would do this in court in front of the police, in front of the judge, in front of the lawyers, imagine what the fuck they'll do if if they were to meet him, Jay, at any place to make an exchange. Imagine. So, she hasn't seen him since, what was that, 2016? But, um, yeah, that's it. And as far as for me, it's been a long journey. Um, with plenty of therapy, learning to forgive myself for putting my children in that situation. I'm sorry if it's hard to hear me. This is still very, very emotional. But I'm telling you people, you got to listen to your children. Listen to them the first time. Thank you, everyone. Peace.